0: hey everybody economic ninja here i hope you're doing well i'm doing great if you can't tell by what's behind me we're going to talk about silver today and what i'm really excited about i just got to meet i literally five minutes ago keith newmeyer from first majestic silver keith how are you doing
1: well it's uh, great to see you for the first time uh, ninja
0: yeah. Thank you so much. And guys, just you know, this is not a sponsored video. Why? Because First Majestic is massive. They don't need to do anything. They are crushing it. I have been invested in First Majestic for years. I currently love to use them for my call options. Uh, not right now. That's not financial advice. But I also invested in a company my children did. First, uh, was it First Mining Finance you started, Keith?
1: It's now, it's now called First Mining Gold. That's right.
0: And sorry, this is not a plug for your company. He did not ask me to do this, but I want to tell you guys, uh, I have been invested in Keith's companies for years. And the reason why is I have called him before to my friends and family, the OG of mining CEOs, because he came out years ago with a famous idea. And it didn't get a lot of play amongst other mining companies, but that was, hey, let's let's try and do something about the uh, manipulation on the markets. So let's start to hold back a little bit of inventory. Can you touch on that decision uh, that you did so long ago?
1: Well, as a trader, you know, um, for the banks, you know, in the '80s, and that's where my career started. Uh, I was on the floor, of the stock exchange, and I traded equities, arbitrage equities between uh, Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, and NASDAQ. And um, you know, I did that for six years, and it was quite, you know, good learning experience. Uh, but I really got a flavor, you know, for how markets actually work. And uh, and um, I don't know of another mining executive that has that same experience. Um, you know most are either engineers or geologists and then uh, you know they just came into the industry in a different way so you know I just have this um kind of tendency to really look at the markets and when I see these big operations in the silver price we see we don't see it every week thank goodness but you know we we you know we, we you know we see these times where where you know the silver price can be down 20 in percent in a pretty short period of time and um know not only is it frustrating for me and i feel you know impelled to try to go in there and do something about it i'm also trying to make a profit for for first majestic so you know i've got those two kind of reasons when when i do do such things and um, i'll do it again i'm actually with this latest price action uh, that we, that we're currently seeing, you know, I'm actually with this morning was thinking about potentially doing something. I haven't done anything yet, but it's getting to a, another one of those points where you just have to shake your head and say like, who's in the market, you know, playing around like this. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, that's a great uh, segue into what we want to talk about today. The Dixie is exploding and guys, I want to get this interview out immediately right after me and Keith finish because I think it's very important. The Dixie just hit a, uh, A one year, actually one and a half year high, and it blew through a resistance point. And, you know, consequently, we see silver and gold weaker, uh, although we see a lot of things weaker because people are moving into the dollar for that trade. So, Keith, on the heels of this, you know, couple last day move in the Dixie, the the dollar index, what do you think? What are you seeing as an investor? Because we want to talk about dry powder and, and what to do with it.
1: Yeah, look, we're we're in an environment where, you know, there's a perceived interest rate hikes, you know, that are going to be coming, and I don't believe they're going to be much, um, uh, but nevertheless, the market has to try to price this stuff in, right? So, yeah, and and all the machines, you know, the, the you know, 6,000, you know, finance institutions on the planet who all use the same computer machines and use all the same algorithms, they type in whatever you know, uh, numbers they type into the algos and the algos go crazy. And, uh, you know, 90% of the stuff we see is all computer driven and all the computers are doing the same thing. So it's logical to assume that if your currency, if your if your government is going to start paying a higher interest rate on their bonds, then the currency must be worth more. Yep. yep. You know, that's just basic, you know, economics. The common logic, yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's, it's nothing... Uh, you know, simpler than that, and uh, or, or or it's just that simple. I mean, but you know, of course, w- what then happens? And then um, the interesting thing: gold's holding up pretty good. I know gold's you know gone down a little bit over the last couple of days, but um, it's still uh, uh, you know not too bad. It's been kind of caught in this trading range you know seventeen eighty to eighteen fifty for geez, over a year now. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's extremely positive. Um, so despite the fact there's this perception out there that you know interest rates are going to be going up and you know and and there's still this um, there is an underlying belief of, uh, among the very sophisticated investors that the Fed is going to fail. and, and uh, you know the, then that's why the the markets are doing what they're doing, and I think that's why gold's holding up.
0: You know, I'm glad you brought that up. So right now, as of the recording of this silver's down the 22 range, uh, sitting about negative 2% gold, like Keith says, is sitting in the 1785 range, barely down today on a percentage basis. And he's right when, uh, Interest rates go up, the perceived value is uh, the value is now in that currency because it's going to be able to pay out some type of yield. But check this out. Back in 2015 to 2018, the Fed did do a rate rising um, uh, campaign going from a quarter of a percent to two and a half percent. And in that amount of time, just to go over a couple numbers, the Nifty was up 36 percent, S&P 25 percent, gold was up 19 percent, copper was up 29 And during that time, the dollar actually fell 2.5%. So Keith, like you were saying, in the beginning, there's that perceived, okay, there's value, so everything drops. But in reality, when reality hits and we start raising uh, interest rates, I think investors start cluing in on going, you know what, I think this may not be good, right? Because we all have our theories. Can the Fed really pull off a rate hike, a a sizable one, get to 2% with all this debt they've just essentially built out of nothing?
1: Well, when you look at, <laughs> they, you know, they talk about these four rate hikes that are going to happen in twenty twenty two, and they're a quarter point each. Yeah. So they're only they're only talking about going from zero to one. There, there's no talk about them uh, to go to two. They go to two, then the world collapses among it, you know, on, on its debt. So that, that's not going to happen. And and quite honestly, I don't even think they're going to go to four. Anyways, yeah, I'm sure the March one they'll do. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's um, they because just to you know, so they're not embarrassed. Um, safe face. Um, But then they're going to really look at what's going to happen after that. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a market crash. Um, You know, I've said before that, um, you know, this looks to me like 2000 all over again. And, and, uh, you know, I was involved in, I wasn't running a company at that time. i just left the copper company that I'd formed back in 92. I left that company in 2000. So I was kind of just dabbling around for a couple of years, more or less in semi retirement so I was trading some of these high flying nasdaq stocks and uh, you know making a little bit of money losing money and ended up losing a lot of money uh, but uh, you know the, the the crash happened in, in march of uh, 2000 and over the next 3 years the nasdaq dropped 80% and and that was you know gold was 250 you know silver was five bucks and that was the beginning of the resource bull market which went on for 10 years and i think we we have a look alike situation right now
0: yeah, and to say look like, that's almost an understatement because compared to the amount of debt, when, when the Fed raised their rates from a quarter point to two and a half, by December of 2018, everything started unraveling. And that was the shortest period in history that the Fed went from a raising uh, standpoint to a, a dro- literally dropping of the Fed funds rate. So now, with the amount of debt that's been made just in the last two years, there's, I agree with you. I'm glad you said the 1%. They can't even get to 1% without failing, let alone 2% this time, simply because of the amount of debt literally in the system right now. Mm. Let me change course if it's okay with you. And let's talk, the big topic has been supply chain issues and supply chain crunch. What are you seeing right now running literally one of the, the largest uh, on a producing side, uh, primary silver mines
1: on earth? What are you seeing as far as issues with uh, so supply chain? Well it's getting equipment uh from a lot, you know, a lot of equipment gets manufactured in China, you know, and, and even the European companies that we deal with, AutoTex and and Sandvix, you know, they they have manufacturing facilities in China, you know, it's just a fact. And yeah. uh um, so uh, you know, we have stuff on ships right now that they're wa- we're waiting for the parts, you know, for, for big big heavy equipment that we've ordered, you know, a year and a half ago. And, uh, you know, and we're getting pieces of this equipment, you know, every ship that arrives, you know, it was all supposed to be on one ship and it's coming on, you know, a half a dozen ships and and rather than us getting stuff in six to 10 months, we're getting, you know, we still, you know, 18 months in and we're still not got the entire pieces of machinery. Uh, And we have to assemble it, of course, as as it arrives in Mexico, which in itself is a challenge. So anyways, it, it has affected us for sure. Um, you know, we have seen cost inflation as well. Um, a lot of it's chemical price related, you know, because of, uh, the oil move, um, yep. you know, a lot, a lot of chemicals are derivatives of the oil sector, you know, ammonia, cyanide, you know, things like that, um, lubricants and so on. So it's, it's, um, we have seen price inflation there. And also, um, just the fact that, um, we have so much of the workforce that is not working, uh, you know, uh, because of COVID and, 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 uh, you know, work from home and so on and so forth, you know, we've had to hire, you know, extra staff, you know, to fill in, you know, holes that, that, that's been created from, you know, uh, people not being able to report to work. So yeah, it's, it's been, you know, challenging, um, a couple of years, you know, and, uh, I think we, our management team has done a bang up job, you know, dealing with it. Uh, you know, we, you know, you can't go into one of our operations without getting tested and you, you might actually get tested two or three times in one day, you know, it depends <laughs> on, it, It's happened, right. If, driving if go, the tractor
0: and something's coming. Geez, right geez,
1: nose. <laughs> you know, you go from the mill to the mine, to the office and, you know, just all these barriers that, uh, yeah. you know, it's a little bit ridiculous, but honestly, but <laughs> we, we, we do it. We try to keep everyone safe and, you know, keep everyone happy and keep, you know, because we want people to come to work, of course.
0: You know, and, and and we say ridiculous, and I agree with you, um, but it's really neat to see companies make it through these hard times because I always tell people, if you your company can make it through a hard time, it'll explode during a good time. And we are seeing times change right now when it comes to the silver investor. The silver investor is not the same investor that uh, was in the market in 2010, I believe. I believe there's a lot of people still there, but uh, let's talk about Wall Street silver. Um, I am friends with uh, Ivan and Jim from the very beginning. They're the first people that ever interviewed me. Rick Rule was on my channel saying he was actually the first to say on my channel, he was wrong. He thought that they were going to get messed over by the COMEX. They were just like the Hunt brothers, but he didn't realize it was like hundreds of thousands of people worldwide with cash buying silver. What are you seeing as far as the effects of like this movement with wall street silver on the silver investor or the
1: market itself? Well, I think it's annoying the heck out of the banks actually. Um, You know, because the, what, they can control pretty well the commercial side of the business Yes. Right? yeah uh, you know because they know what the miners are sh- going to be producing or approximately what they're going to be producing um, and they know what the customers are, are going to be purchasing approximately yep. so they 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 they, they, they there's the, there's that flow that they manage you know uh, from mining to industry and it, it's worked pretty well for them yep. and they arbitrage that trade and then and been doing it for 30 years uh, what they don't control is the retail investor, yeah. and 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 that's why you had a bunch of these uh, individuals jump onto uh, CNBC, you know, back in February first and February second, you know, during the Reddit uh, crowd, you know, coming into the market for the first time, you know, telling the world that these Reddit traders should be banned from trading, <laughs> that they're, you know, that they're they're not responsible to investors. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we, we successfully tampered down the market, you know, because a disaster would have occurred if, you know, we allowed silver to keep going up and
0: which is all, telling,
1: all, very all telling all, for sure. It is, you know, and, uh, you know, when as a regulator, I've never, I've been in this business for 35 years and, and, and I've never seen a regulator once come out and say, we successfully affected a market ever. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and that should you know, scare the piss out of people. It's not their job. It's their job to, to, to protect investors. Amen. Uh, not, 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 not to protect the price. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I completely agree with you. Now, something that also is blowing my mind is that you know my first investment in silver was a two ounce bar, hand poured, uh, in two thousand and nine. Uh, I think I want to say my spot price was eighteen dollars. The the vig or the price over spot, the premiums have exploded since twenty twenty. Especially, we've seen this before back in twenty fifteen. Uh, the American Eagle program, you know, blanks running out because of what was going on with Sunshine. But the facts are, the, it seems like things have changed. The squeeze has actually been a squeeze, uh, the silver squeeze in the premiums for like two years. Now I know that you have, and that's something, again, this is not a plug for First Majestic, but something outside the box. You have your own bullion uh, business, your own store. When the first squeeze happened in 2020, I actually uh, went to my, sorry, 2021. I went to my subscribers and said, hey guys, there's no silver anywhere, but at least there's some over here at First Majestic, and I literally watched that price over spot just go up, up, up because you guys got hammered with sales. And so I like that about your company. But what do you, what kind of feedback are you getting from retail investors about the sustained price increase for physical precious metals in your hands?
1: The problem is we, um, the mints, can't produce any more product, yep. uh, and then that's really what the issue is. You know, the NWT Northwest Territory Mint. Out of Los, uh, out of Reno, Nevada, you know, went bankrupt a couple of years ago, and then uh, Republic, uh, out of um, Miami, uh, went bankrupt a couple of years as well as Go. So you know, these are two uh, pretty big operations, and and, uh, and now we're left with you know a, a handful of small players. Um, you know, the two biggest players are really Sunshine and Scottsdale. And and uh, they just can't produce the product. Um, uh, you know, we you know we send the dory bar to Sunshine, and we wait literally eight to ten months for that product to come back to us in a retail form. And wow. still a little faster than that, but um, and and they just the silver just sits there on the floor waiting to get produced, and uh, it, it and and so we have to keep those premiums there just to pay for all that risk. Yeah. When, 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 um, when Republic went bankrupt, for example, we, we had $8 million worth of silver sitting on their floor. And, and, and the banks come in and took it, saying it was their silver. And we're saying, what the hell? This is our silver. And they said, sorry, then they took it. So of course, we're in a lawsuit now to try to get that money back, as well as Tiffany, as well as uh, Coeur d'Alene. There's a whole group of people that were put into the same situation. Uh, so wow. when, and when NWT went bankrupt, same thing. Fortunately, we only had about 500,000 ounces of silver on the floor when they went bankrupt. But uh, others, I'm not going to name names, yeah. but there's a few other mining companies that had a substantial amount of silver sitting there and all that money's gone. So, yeah, so there's, you know, we're, you know, I, I've, uh, I've said also a dozen times that, you know, you know, I, you know we need to own our own mint. Yeah. Because if we had our own mint, then we could produce much more product and we could actually increase the percentage of our uh, sales that go to the end consumer versus having to deal through the banks.
0: Yeah, you know, I've been up to Sunshine before, and I know they're not the only game in town. There's there's bigger uh, operations, but uh, what a, uh, how much would it cost? Do you think to spin up a mint like the size of Sunshine?
1: Well, Sunshine's got two mints. They've got the one in Coeur d'Alene, which is probably the one you saw. Yes, uh, yep. uh, their 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 new one is in uh, just outside of Vegas. I forget that town. Um, Henderson. Henderson. Yep. Yeah. In Henderson. Uh, they're, I think it's completed now. Okay. Uh, and, they're, uh, so it's, and apparently I've not seen it, but apparently it's larger. But it's not so much the equipment. You know, you you know, you know, can go buy, you know, this equipment's made out of Germany in most cases. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to find, easy to buy. Uh, the problem is the talent. Right. Gotcha. It, it it you know and that's what makes one mint better than the other mint. It's actually the people that are doing the work, you know, the experience behind actually creating a very nice product. And that's it's hard to find those people. It's it's um, almost like a black box. You know, you, you can build the building, you can put all the machinery in the building, then you got to fill it with people that are actually doing it. It's gotcha. not that simple. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 from my perspective, it's just easier to buy buy one currently running and then then go from there.
0: Well, hey, everybody, you heard it. If you got a mint for sale, let's let Keith know. (laughs) Because I'd like to see the same kind of management you've got going for your companies uh, running a mint, to be honest with you. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Have have a lot of fun with it. Well, hey, in closing, I'd love to close with whatever you feel is the most important thing on, on your mind right now. It could have anything to do with market, silver, investing, life. I think that's really important to get out right now.
1: Yeah, well, you know, people, you know, the the mining sector is an extremely volatile sector. You know, it 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 comes and goes, and you know, it goes through these huge rallies and these huge drops. And uh, you know, it's it's got to be one of the most frustrating uh, sectors to invest in. Yeah. You know, um, but it's also extremely rewarding. Uh, but you have to be patient, and you have to buy companies that are run by good management teams. Yeah. and this is one of the pieces of advice that I always give people, saying you know, you, you know, because a lot of people out there are promoting this and that and everything else. And uh, it's, it's normal, it's human nature, but it's up to you. It's your money. So, you know, you know, know, go, go to the financial statements, go to the website, you know, go, go to their, you know, uh, filings on, on Edgar or Cedar and read through them and, and see who these people are. How much stock does the CEO own? How much stock does the board of directors own? You know, what, you know, what's their best interest, you know, what have they done in the past? You know, have they created, you know, billion dollar companies previously and, and, uh, and so on and so forth. And, you, you know, you have your kind of, you know, then once you get through that you have to look at the asset and I know most most people aren't geologists, but, you know, you could, you know, kind of read up on it and try to figure it out, but just be careful with which, which companies you invest in and uh, and be prepared to be wrong um, at the beginning. Don't, don't get scared out. Um, like first mining is ex- a perfect example. You brought first mining. I put that company together in 2015 because, you know, I felt that the gold sector was just so far underwater. And when I put first quantum together in 92 to 94, first Majestic together between 2002 and 2003, uh, you know, it was the same types of market. It was a mining sector was extremely hated. I was able to pick up eight companies and merge them into first mining gold, um, uh, you know, and, and, and granted the stock looks like crap, but um, it, you know, it's it still got one of the best gold portfolios there is in the entire planet, yeah. yet it's going through permitting stages right now. And, and the, for those of you who follow the um, mining sector, you know, the famous Lausanne curve, um, uh, You know people don't know what that is, look at the Lausanne curve. So you go through an exploration phase, you go through you know, development stage, then you go through permitting, then you go through construction, then you go into production. And, and, and you can see how the stock trades, you know, during these different phases of the development of that business. And it takes a long time to get an asset, you know, from the drilling stage to the production stage. You yeah. know, our Ermittanuel project, which we just brought into production, we discovered that in 2016. And it just had its first pour uh, in, in November 2021. So that's a long time. Yeah, and, that is. and, and Yeah. And, and, uh, and we had, fortunately, the mill was already built. Cause yeah. it was the discovery was six kilometers or four kilometers away from our current mill. But if you had to build a mill on top of that, you know, you're talking another couple of years. So, yeah. you know, um, you know, so eight to 10 years, is not that unusual from, from discovery to, to uh, production. So in the case of first mining gold, they're going through that very difficult permitting stage and and that permitting stage can take two, three years. And and it's boring as hell. Uh, <laughs> and if well, investor's, you know, get distracted, and yeah. Go do something else. They, you know, they they paid fifty cents for their stock and they sell it at thirty cents just out of frustration, and it's really unfortunate that you know people do that, and and that's what happens in the mining sector, and that's why I think the sector's got a little bit of a bad rap because people actually don't really understand it well enough to really invest in it.
0: Yeah, true. And we're talking about a much bigger cycle. We're talking about a commodity cycle bull run because of what's going on with debt and the markets currently. So my my mm-hmm. children are still up 80% on that stock. So they're, they're happy. So we've okay. been around for a while. So no, I really yeah. appreciate you coming on. I really thank you because again, everybody, this isn't a mining company plug. This is not, you know, I, I'm not joking. Like I've been invested in Keith's companies for years and I really do appreciate his leadership style. So thank you so
1: much, Keith. Well, it's great uh, meeting you, Ninja, and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime.
0: Right on, guys. Well, with that being said, the Economic Ninja is out.